We answer the question, Sam's development or winning games. We also have your PFF and power rankings on your 26th September Daily Commanders update. Let's go. Greetings and salutations and welcome to Ref the District's 26th September Daily Commanders Update. I'm Nathan Perry here from the Believe Sports Network, and let's get this rolling. Plenty to talk about here on this Tuesday after this horrendous loss, but I'm going to tell you a little teaser here. Maybe not as bad as you think. Let's hit the uh, the first. Let's go to the non-sports news real quick. Get this out of the way because I know most of you won't really, really want this. But it is important to note that there, the Virginia Stadium is being talked about. Uh, Governor Glenn Youngkin from Virginia being asked questions about it. Kind of doing the politician thing here with his response. And that he doesn't necessarily want to you know, give a hardline answer saying he's saying that he wants to support it, but he's there for the people and the people have to get a good deal and everything. You got to think coming into election cycles, right? Politicians right now are not necessarily going to want to say like, yeah, we're going to raise taxes. We're not going to want to do this. So expect this to happen over the next couple of years until the positions get settled. And then you could start to see some real movement on the stadium. But right now you're looking at a lot more of these kind of discussions. Reminder, D.C. Uh, mayor going to be having a discussion in middle of October. We'll keep tabs on that one as well. But like I said, enough with the outside of the sports things. Let's get in back to the, the game and our Washington commanders here. Uh, first thing at first here is Zach Selby wrote an article and talks about how the commanders have given up 19 sacks through three games, but the offense is determined to fix it. Now, there are several things in the article that I kind of noted first off, and what you most want to see is the teammates are backing him. Terry McLaurin, this offensive line, the coach. It's not the dreaded vote of confidence that you're seeing out in New York with Wilson, but it is it is actually, you know, the good kind of we're here to support 14's our guy type things, because those are coming from the players. And you can tell they they truly believe that he has what it takes to be successful. Now, Sam Howell was sacked nine times. I thought it was interesting as I did finally go back through and I looked at each of those nine sacks. One, they came in bunches. I know it felt like a lot, and 19 sacks on the season is a lot, and nine sacks in one game is a lot, but it felt like every time he was dropping back, he was being sacked, and that wasn't actually the case. There wasn't even a sack in the second quarter. Yeah. Go ahead and go back and watch. There wasn't, he wasn't sacked in the second quarter, and they actually did have the ball in the second quarter for a decent amount of time for him to have been sacked, and it didn't happen. You got to remember, they got all the way down to the goal line before turning it over on downs. Wasn't sacked on that drive. Now, the thing though is, four times he got sacked back to back plays, and that right there is a killer. You want to see him develop from that. You want to see him move you know, on from being sacked and then make positive plays. You can't take back-to-back sacks, and he did that four times in the game. As I was looking at it, and this is very, very loosely uh, based here, so t- you know, bear with me here, but I counted five sacks that I would have counted against Sam and then four against the offensive line. Uh, of note here, he only faced a pass rush of five or more twice. On the second and third sack, he was, he had five and six respectively. The rest of that, that was four 
four-person rushes that Buffalo was sending and getting after him. Most of those were him moving up into the sack or trying to go for a run. There was an RPO in there that he looked to run little um, after the pass wasn't there. You know, try to hand it off, looked to pass, and then immediately ran and then ran into sack coverage there. Um, Wiley on sack number four, by the way, held his guy fairly decent, but Sam moved up and ended up getting taken down from behind for a loss of one. But the very next uh, sack, sack number five, Wiley was not good. Not good. Absolutely got demolished on that one. But that's the that's it for those sacks as, as far as what we've seen, what we're looking at. The team is trying to develop. They are going to go up against a Philadelphia team that is known for its defensive front possibly matching the skill set, if not exceeding the skill set that Washington has. And so Eric Bidimi's got the task ahead of him to not just develop Sam, but also make sure that he stays upright this Sunday. And the development was a big topic here in the last couple of days as even Jay Gruding getting involved here and saying that he would have pulled Sam at 30-0. and Instead, they kept him in and kept he kept getting sacked. He did have two sacks on that last drive there um, that he played, and we ended up getting a field goal out of it, much maligned field goal there. But the question then from Team 980 was also to Ron Rivera, because Ron Rivera, or in, in regards to Ron Rivera's talking about Sam's development, how important it is for this team. Ron Rivera suggesting on Monday that the development of Sam Howell is as important as winning. And asking the question, do you agree? You can see that I clicked yes. Okay. I think that winning and his development go hand in hand. Of course, you play to win the game. So I get that. And I definitely understand that it is important for Washington to continue winning. The thing is, is if you want consistent winning, you either have to develop a QB or you're going to have to luck into one that is uh, quality starter for you. Now, Sam Howe is still very young in his career. Can he develop into the QB of the future? Do you agree with me and Ron Rivera that that it is important to develop him, or do you think we should forego that and just try to win games? Now, if you're for that, do you want to see Jacoby Brissett? Let me know here in the comment section if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to us on an audio platform, hit us up at Ref the District on Twitter. So I personally think we need to continue developing Sam Howell. We need to see what we have. And if we don't have anything from Sam Howell, if he doesn't learn in 17 games how to avoid the sack, you know what you've got and you need to move to drafting a QB early next year. It's getting ahead of ourselves. We're still howlers here at Ref the District. So, and uh, the team, big time support for the team and their teammates as Jeremy Reeves commented on a PFF Commander's tweet here about Kendall Fuller, who versus the Bills had 35 coverage snaps, five targets, one reception allowed for negative one yards and one interception, allowing a 0.0 passer rating. Jeremy Reeves chiming in here on his boy, I just be peeping how some people just talk crazy on here about players. He'd been doing this since he got here. Some of you all just don't know what you're looking at. That does include me, Revo. Okay. I know Kendall Fuller's got it. A lot of people, not a big fan of Kendall Fuller, but he has been playing well consistently, not just this season, 
but last season for the team as well. I think a lot of people, our man Trev included in there, kind of get mixed up because he might have a bad play and you're like, oh, he's garbage and all this, but he's actually been our most consistent corner and he's the one I want to see more often uh, covering some of those premier players. Now, Benjamin St. Juice doing well as, you know, in, in that as well. And of course, Emmanuel Forbes coming in here to try to help out with those picks and everything. And speaking of those PFF grades, let's talk about those defensive PFF grades. Uh, I want to remind people, Washington was holding the Buffalo Bills to 16 points up into the fourth quarter. So these grades here look about accurate. You see Kendall Fuller with a high 88 uh, St. Juice lower on that other side there, 65. Did not pull our young man, Emmanuel Forbes, uh, so I'll have to go back and take a look at that. But the front line doing fairly well. Chase Young, out of the number one picks, was the one who was rated the least, but still a respectable 66.9 there. The big eyesore is right there in the center. Cody Barton at a 39.9. We've seen some flashes from Cody Barton, but he is too often out of place. Kalike Hudson getting some time and he got one snap and he did fairly well in that one snap as far as what he was supposed to do. But Cody Barton is going to be one to watch because Jamin Davis is doing well, but they like Cody Barton and he is more often, if you watch it, he's the one actually setting the defense and calling everything. And he's got speed. And he's known for being a surefire tackler, but we haven't really seen that here in Washington yet. So Jack Del Rio going to have to work something with that because you're just faced Josh Allen, who was hard to for this defense to contain. And now you're going to go up against another mobile QB in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts. Cody Barton can't be out of position because that is going to hurt the team quite significantly. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right. The offense, by the way, not nearly as bad as what people remember as well. Not nearly as bad as a three point game might suggest here. Uh, several mediocre, of course, Sam Howell not having that great of a day. Gibson with a 48.8, just not involved a lot, doing a lot more pass blocking. And of course, the fumble's not going to help him. Jahan Dotson almost invisible almost the entire game. Terry McLaurin doing Terry McLaurin things. Sam Cosme doing well, 76. And looking back at the line work, Sam Cosme was often doing what he needs to do. Leno, not nearly as bad as people want to point out. Sadiq Charles and Wiley were the two that I noticed most often getting beat, but Gates as well, missing some of those stunts. And that is what is kind of scary going into this Philadelphia game. You're going to go up against a first rounder and Carter who is a rookie and just absolutely dominating people. So Nick Gates is going to have his hands full. Charles as well, who had a good camp and is kind of, you know, progressing and in, into a reasonable starter for this team. But you can't be giving up 
those inside pressures, allow Sam to have some time to throw, allow him to step in, up into a pocket, to allow those tackles to push those edge rushers out there, and this team might be able to do better. So we'll see. Getting beat on four-man rushes isn't a great start, so those take the PFF grades with a grain of salt there as far as just how well they're doing. There's definitely a mixture between Sam Howell in the line, and that is actually talked about in the Commander's article from Zach that I would talked about earlier. Two people weren't on the offense, one that I did actually pull their stats for and I wanted to talk about. That's Cole Turner and Brian Robinson. Cole Turner is going to be the tight end of the future here. Uh, Bates didn't do too bad. I'm going to go back there to look at his 55.8. So maybe not great, uh, but Cole Turner actually did uh, pretty darn good here. 65.7 as a run block offensive total grade as a 66.8. And I really do believe that Cole Turner is a guy who Washington is going to lean on as the season progresses. That includes if Logan Thomas comes back. I think that Cole Turner's got a little bit more spring in his step than the 30-plus-year-old Logan Thomas coming off of a concussion and also recovering, you know, two years removed from a lower body injury. So Cole Turner doing the things we were excited about when we drafted him in the fifth round. We'll see his development. And then there's this guy, Ryan Robinson, who my man Stoner called a jag who I believe is in top five of rushes of 10 or more yards this season. Now It's only three games in, but he has been very productive as a runner, and you can see that here. Now, he's not much known for uh, his receiving, only ranking 17th out of the 48 uh, as far as the receiving, but he's four out of 54 in offense as far as a run, uh, running back. And the reason why you're going to see Antonio Gibson on that PFF offense chart compared to that is because Antonio Gibson's seeing a lot more snaps. He's not getting a more rushes and he's not getting necessarily more touches, but he's seeing a lot more because they're keeping Antonio Gibson in as a pass blocker, right? He's doing the RPOs and he's going up and he's chipping and he's, he, they're looking to do be a little bit more of a passing offense. I expect that content to continue, but Brian Robinson is a absolute battering ram that Eric Bidemi needs to continue to unlock. He's shown that he can be productive. We've seen these runs where he finds that open pocket. And once he makes it to that second or third level, he is dragging people. And we need to see more of that, right? So we have the, the famous saying, right? Run the ball. And definitely need to run a little bit more of Brian Robinson. Now those passing attacks are setting up. This is a passing league. Okay, we understand that. In fact, Washington here, courtesy of the Rooster, has only run the ball 36% of the time on first and 10. Uh, they have not at all run the ball on second and 10, which is a little odd about the second and 10. I do think that if you're not going to run on, on first and 10, that running on second 10 at least some percentage of the time is probably a safe bet because otherwise you end up in the situation where you're third and 10 if you don't get those short passes. Now, I, I believe in the new NFL, right, and this passing offense that Eric Bienemy is bringing. And it's very, very much skewed towards passing. That's what they did in Kansas City. Of course, you have Patrick Mahomes there. But that's what leagues are moving to. And I honestly don't want Eric Bieniemy to change his plans. We know it can't be successful 
what we do need to see is some of that play calling. If you're going to call passes, don't call seven-step drops. Don't call even five-step drops. Make it a three-step drop, boom, and work with Sam Howell getting that ball out earlier because, honestly, this offense is doing the things that we said that they need to be doing here with the computer Cowboys, Ben Baldwin's uh, stat-driven thread that he has. Washington is currently ranked eighth when it comes to offensive series results. Now, what this is, is he takes a look at an offense and their drives and what happens when they get a first down. Are they going to get a touchdown or another first down? Washington is 68% likely when they get a first down to get another first down or score a touchdown. Now, where they start to fumble a little bit is they only get 5% of those that end in field goals. Currently, 14% and end in punts, and 10% of those drives will end up in a turnover. If Washington can get those turnovers in check, which they've had quite a few already this season, of course, a four-interception game is not going to help you out in that statistic. But if Washington can limit the mistakes they can start to really continue moving. They've been moving the ball. They're ranked 18th there. Last year, they were in the bottom third. We said, honestly, if you get to middle of the pack, which is where essentially they are right now, you're looking at potentially having a team that can go to the playoffs. And I still believe that is an option here with Washington being 2-1. and one. In fact, as bad as that loss was against Buffalo, you might think, they would have dropped severely when it comes to those power rankings. But PFT, only moving Washington back one. There's a lot of talk and you know bravado last week when Washington was ranked 15 and still had teams that were 1-1 one and one above their undefeated 2-0 record, while Washington only falling one, one space here after an ugly loss is actually kind of a, a godsend. And I I don't really disagree with where they are in this particular ranking. There might be some spots in there that I'm not particularly in agreement with. In fact, actually, uh, the fact that Dallas remains five is uh, is hilarious after losing to the Arizona Cardinals. But hey, it is what it is. These are power rankings. Not much to really have as far as the solid state there. But it is nice to know that Washington's still kind of in that middle They have room to improve, but they're not nearly as bad as this game against the Bills. And I don't think that they're going to be nearly as bad as the line has them on right now. Grant Paulson here telling us the commanders are 8.5 underdogs against the Eagles on Sunday. I personally would take them to cover if you're a betting person. Of course, bet responsibly. Uh, They're going to be playing on Fox for the first time since week one. And the commanders here, Great stat by Grant here. Commanders have won two of their last three at the link. Expect them to give Philadelphia everything it's worth. It's on to Philadelphia here. Make sure you join us tomorrow live at 730 Eastern as we talk that game. Of course, we'll have two more Daily Commanders updates for you on Thursday and Friday, and then a game preview on Saturday with the Believe in Eagles team. So make sure you're checking out that. Make sure you like this video if you haven't already here on YouTube. Make sure you're subbed up wherever you're listening to this because we are available wherever you listen to your audio podcast. And until next time, be a fan.